Today I'm joined by Kenny Herzog of Texas and Brad Hanowitz of Indiana. Go ahead, Brad, take it away. Hey, Kenny, I'm glad that you slowed down long enough for us to do this, man. I really appreciate you getting on. I'm honored you guys asked me. The guys uh, from your era paved the way on this thing and, and give us all an opportunity to be gainfully employed in the business that we love. I uh, I knew who Kenny Herzog was, being a, a way northern Yankee, Kenny. We always paid attention to what was going on in Texas, and, and that was kind of the pulse of the steer deal. And I knew that name, and, and that name was synonymous with quality and, and winning at a very large level. And then uh, by happens chance, my college roommate happened to be Jacob Tusa there at NEO, and Jacob had, had worked for Kenny and, and studied under him, and, and Kenny and mentored him, so I heard all kinds of stuff every day about it. Finally got my opportunity to meet Kenny in person uh, when Jacob married his wife, Ingrid. This guy is a wealth of knowledge for the people that don't understand the evolution of the game. This is one of the founding fathers. This is a guy that changed the game forever. Uh, and Kenny, maybe, I know you're going to be humble about this, but please don't be. Just just tell the story of, of how this show steer thing evolved and your involvement. Well, thank you, Brad. And, and again, I'm, I'm humbled and, and honored that you guys asked me to be on this uh, podcast along with Matt. But I'll kind of give you a little bit of history. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually from Cypress, Texas. Uh, I don't know if I'm old, but I'm 64 years old. Uh, I'll tell you kind of my history. When I was in high school, I was in Dallas with my one of my younger brothers one year. And I all afternoon, I stood out there and I clipped on a steer for my brother. And uh, a guy came over there and he started visiting with me. And he said, you know, uh, how'd you learn how to do all this? And I said, well, I've just kind of been watching other people do stuff and this, that, and the other thing. And he said, hey, uh, you know, would you be interested in coming and helping us at some other shows and stuff? And I just got out of high school. I was from South Texas, never been anywhere in my life, still had my track shoes on. I don't even know if I owned a coat. You know, it's not very cold in South Texas. But he said, uh, we're going to go to Kansas City here in a couple of weeks and then go to Louisville, and would you be interested in coming up and helping us? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you come up and you help us clip the animals and get them ready for the show and stuff, and we'll pay you X number of dollars a day. And I said, people do that? And he said, yeah, they do. And he said, you know, you're, you're a pretty good, pretty good clipper hand. And I said, well, I guess so. So anyway, I said, but I need to go talk to my parents. I visited with my mom and dad, and they said, Kansas City. And I said, yeah, I, I hadn't been out of Texas much in my life. And this was probably 1976. I said, yeah, I guess I'll do it. And he said, well, look, you know, we'll pay you away and everything. Come up there, and we'll pay you $30 a day. <laughs> I said, how much? He said, $30 a day. I said, you know what? That's a lot of money. I'll do it. So I went to Kansas City, and all I had was my track shoes. I didn't have any snow boots or anything. That's how I kind of got started in the business. It actually was Spring Creek Farms in Pierpont, Ohio, up on the, the lake, right out of 90 miles northeast of Cleveland. And I worked with some guys, some guys you guys might know, Bill Connolly from Connolly Angus. He was actually the best man of my wedding. Bobby May worked there. And over the years, I met a lot, a lot of people. In 1980, I met a girl from Springfield, Missouri, the Cassis. I don't know if you know who they are, but it used to be Cassis Livestock, Tom Cassis, 
Julie Cassie, Kelly Cassie, to, and I married Julie. She talked me into moving to Miami, Oklahoma. In that interim, I had worked with Premier Angus and Bill Wilson and some of those guys, and uh, I moved to Miami, Oklahoma. Now, you guys will probably know who the, the judging team coach was. It was Gerald Callahan at the time, and I went to school there, and I was going to be a veterinarian. And that next year, I was visiting with those guys, and, you know, we were going to shows, and I was doing a little bit of judging, and I was visiting with those vets, and I, nothing against veterinarians, but I was visiting one of them boys, and they told me how much they were making a month, and I said, you know, I'm making that a week already. I'm not sure I want to be a veterinary. And so uh, I asked Mr. Callahan, I said, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to go and go to vet school, I, but I want to do something, but I'm not sure I want to do it in agriculture. I want to diversify a little bit. And to be honest with you, three days later, I owned a convenience store in northeastern Oklahoma due to Mr. Callahan's advice. And I kept that for three years, and I sold it, and then I moved back to Texas to where I was from and Julie went along with me and uh, that would have been in about 1983 and we moved down there and I started selling show steers because I knew that's what I knew I met a lot of people so a few guys you guys will know that I, I grew up with uh, Steve Baum, Ron Bailey, Bobby Maddox uh, I worked with Kurt Sturwall all good guys very knowledgeable lot smarter than me the, the one thing kenny i always admired about you, first thing is is just being humble and saying hey these guys you know they could do this or that better the thing that was always unique about you is you surrounded yourself with absolutely as much talent as you could put on the same team the very best star-studded crew who was on that team that time that you sent to, down to get that calf ready. A lot of guy, a lot of guys have helped me. Uh, I, I can tell you, uh, Bobby Maddox uh, helped us a lot. Steve Bonham helped us a lot. Mark Hope has helped us a lot. Uh, and, and I worked with the best in the business, and they're still the best in the business. Now, there's a lot of these young guys coming up that I don't know. I'll get off on a little bit of a deal. Guys, I, I grew up in this business, and this business taught me and my wife, and we're products of this system, and we're proud of it. You know, I went back to school and became an accountant. My wife went back to school and became an Orient. And you guys don't know that. But I worked for 25 years, and she worked for 25 years, and then we got into some other businesses. But two years ago, we had the opportunity to get involved and help out, and we were honored to be asked to help with the Cattlemen's Congress in Oklahoma City. Julie and I are both products of the system, and we're honored to be able to ask to help, and we're going to help, and it's our turn. Our predecessors, just like Matt's dad, that they contributed, and they started, and they, and, and, and they have helped out in the same way down here for us. And it's now our turn to step up, and we're going to do that. We're able to do it, and we are going to do it, and I'm honored because I'm going to tell you why. These kids that are coming up, they're our future. And if we don't invest in them, it's not—it's just like you're not investing in your business, and we're going to invest in them. And I challenge everybody else to do the same thing. That's my age. My kids, you know, one of them participated in the 4-H uh, show and projects, and the other one, Tyler, he, the guys that you don't know, my son Tyler, he was a big guy, and he's 6'7", weighed 270, and I told him one day, I said, look, you got to pick. you got to pick and say if you want to do sports or if you want to do uh, showing animals, and he chose sports, and I'm proud of him. You know, he did well with that, and my daughter Ashley, she showed, and, and, and that's what it's all about, and I think you guys are, are carrying on, and that's what needs to happen. You know, since the cattle deal, you mentioned how it's paved the way for you. What are you doing now, uh, currently? Uh, let me tell you, it all the cattle deal led in to all that stuff, and I'll mention some people. I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was back in the early 80s, and one day, an older gentleman showed up at my place to buy a 4-H project, and he was looking for it for his granddaughter. And he kept telling me all the time that he was there, he kept saying, you are a lot like my son, a lot like my son. 
And uh, I said, what do you guys do? And he said, we're in the fireworks business. And I said, really? And I said, well, kind of tell me how that works. And he kind of described it to me and stuff. And uh, he said, you need to meet my, my son. And actually, his son was Sam Broadway. And I don't know if you guys would know any of them, but Sam's kids did start showing, and they actually won, won, won Houston one year. And he kept saying, you need to meet Sam. You need to meet Sam. You're a lot like him. And I met him one day, and I did. I hit it off with him. Sam was a little younger than me. But he said, do you know any guys in the, the fireworks business? And I said, I'll be honest with you, I do. I know some guys uh, up in Missouri, southwest Missouri, where Julie's from, that are in the fireworks business. And I said, but, you know, they've been selling fireworks up there for years, like Walmart. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you go in the store with a shopping cart, just like Walmart. He said, you know any of those guys? And I said, yeah, my father-in-law sells some of them cattle. Uh, Tom Cassidy, uh, him and Tonto had the stockyards there in Springfield, Missouri. So we went up there in uh, 1998, and we met the guys. And two years later, I was in business with Sam Broadway, and I built 27 stores from Houston to Oklahoma City. And I'm currently in the fireworks business, me and my family. Tyler is a manager for us. Uh, Judy helps us. And uh, we wholesale and retail fireworks. So we direct import them from China. Uh, we do e-commerce. Uh, we do some Amazon business, Walmart.com. We do it all. We sell wedding sparklers, ship them all over the country every day. And now gender reveal. Uh, these grandparents don't think anything about spending a lot of money on a potential unborn grandchild. And they want to shoot it off and it'd be pink or blue. And that's what we do. I'm still from Cypress, Texas. And I grew up with track shoes. And I clipped Club Cat for many, many years. Always will be. I'm sure that you don't remember, but in the mid-90s... I would have went down to Brownwood with my dad, and uh, we were at Mark's place. Yes, Brownwood, sir. You were going in and, and trading or buying a few from Mark or whatever it may be. Yes. Tell any specific stories about, like, how Mark ended up at Brownwood or Dockwise. Well, I can tell you, yes. Mark, Mark and Bobby Maddox and Steve Bonham and Ron Bailey, all of them went to school out in El Reno, Oklahoma. And by the way, I'm in Oklahoma City is where I reside now, and this is where my office is. Uh, and they went to school at Redlands. And uh, Mark was going to college down at Cameron. I traveled many, many years with his dad, Alan Copas, that was uh, an ag teacher in, the, in Eakley, Oklahoma. And Mark was real good at clipping, a lot better than me, but real good at clipping. They told me one day that he was moving down to Brownwood at Dr. Wise's, and he did. He moved down there. He was with them, and they had a lot of success showing uh, cattle. And then I don't, a lot of people don't know this, but the, the Wise's showed sheep too. Then when the kids were graduating or graduated, Mark moved up to Burke Burnett. And uh, and I'm still friends with Mark. I've been friends with Mark for 42 years. And uh, actually, my warehouse is about 20 miles from where he lives, where I distribute from. So I talk to him a lot. But we don't talk about cattle because I, I don't have anything to really do with it. The closest thing I got to back to cattle was with the Cattlemen Congress. And, and we're going to get more involved in it. We're not going to show in any way, but we're going to give back because we can and we're going to. But Mark has done very, very well showing cattle and now selling cattle and his son Jackson showed and I think they won every show you can win in Texas. I'm you know, it's all it's all about history guys. I'm telling you, this business teaches you the integrity and the uh fortitude to stay hooked. I don't care what you do, that's the problem today. Uh, I work a lot of people on the fourth of July, I probably got a thousand people working for me. A lot of them cannot stay hooked up all day. I don't mind telling you, we see 
Uh, in some of my stores, I'll see 8,000 people in one day. It takes a lot of people to funnel in that many people through a location uh, with 10 or 15 cash registers. you got to have a lot of things going on, just like uh, getting your steers ready at the steer show. And where did I learn all that? I learned all that right on the side of one of them shoots. In the morning, at 2 o'clock that morning, I'd be saying, you know, the show starts at 7 and so-and-so's in class 3, 4, 5, and, and we got to get going, guys. And that's what it's all about, man. So whenever you were trading calves in the 80s and 90s, how many could a guy move in a year? I and Sealy at the end, Matt, at the end, I was selling 500 head a year. And, you know, I built my business on, on $1,000, $1,500 customers, not not $10,000 customers. I built my business on 1000 or $1,500 a dollar ahead of the customers. And I would go up north in your country in South Dakota and stuff, and I'd stop by Steve's and Mark's, and I would gather up 20 head and take them home and sell them, you know, halt to wreck them, clip them, and, and, and do all that stuff. And then I would go back and get another group, and, and then I, I served them, you know, customer service. They, every month they'd come, and I'd trim their feet, look at them, and, I, and we would, the kids, I'd take them, and we'd study some Animal Science 101, what their feed conversion was, and their weight gain, and, you know, we'd take a target weight based upon where it was. A lot of them were just going to county fairs, and I, I think that that's still the way it is. That's really interesting in terms of the numbers you're moving, and uh, I guess, could you briefly talk about transition from haired shows to slick? Did that change the game at all in the 90s? It did, and I, and I would, I, actually, I think the the, the first uh, couple of years, everybody was kind of driving in the dark and I didn't know because you know uh, myself I, I was more experienced on clipping and things like that but I'll tell you what I learned I learned by watching the sheep guys and and and, and the hog guys and and I learned a, a lot about uh, the slick shooting and stuff but yes it, it it changed the appearance of the animals and and uh, things like that and, and it seems like that that's changed some too in the last few years Matt and you probably would know more about that than I do but I mean uh, what, what I did see at the Cattlemen's Congress is the, the animals were 50 to 75 pounds heavier, the ones that won, that they would have been traditionally when I was involved in. Shouting out the crew that is also giving back on the uh, Cattlemen's Congress show, Gerald Callahan and Bob Funk. Ex-instrumental, and I have the utmost respect for both of them. If it wasn't for Gerald Callahan, I wouldn't have got started in anything. He inspired me. Kind of an awesome story to tell. Gerald Callahan starting off as ag professor there at yes, Miami, sir. Oklahoma. Now he's uh, top of the food chain at uh, Express Ranches, and Bob Funk, the man behind Express Ranches, yes. is just pretty cool. You three successful individuals are, you know, giving back to the next generation as you keep going back to. So that's I thank you for that. I'll tell you how things go around, guys. Uh, I don't know Bob, Bob Funk personally. But my companies, uh, we do business with Express uh, Professional Services in Wichita Falls, in Ardmore, Oklahoma, in Dallas, and Oklahoma City. We use their employees, and uh, that's how things go around. I always tell people this, and I'm not going to cuss or anything, but I tell my kids and everybody that grows up, the toes you're stepping on today might be attached to the rear you're kissing tomorrow, so you better think about that. <laughs> very well stated. I had that thought, Kenny, but you summarized that very articulately. <laughs> but, no, I'm honored, guys. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing. We're moving into Iowa, wholesaling fireworks, and I don't know, this fireworks has just been legal in uh, Iowa for two or three years, and I'm moving my wholesale division in there, and I met, just was meeting with my crew about that this morning. 
Uh, and uh, it's amazing to me because our comptroller was saying, well, you know where Spirit Lake is? And I said, yeah, that's where so-and-so lives. You know where that is? I said, yeah, that's where so-and-so lives. How do you know all that? The networking and the connections that you've made through yes, sir. the time in the cattle business? Uh, it started me right, and, and it's the same thing for everybody. Not everybody can – a lot of kids are going to go back into the business, and they need to, but they need to, the ones that leave, they need to remember where they came from. Because if it wasn't for that industry, uh, you know, I've told everybody I'm 64 years old. I've, I've got where I've got out working people, but now I've got to step back and you got uh, you got to, you got to have, like you said, you got to have this network. And I, I hope I have it. I love listening to Kenny tell the history on everything and then his own personal deal. It, it's amazing. I guess the only thing I would say for our audience, especially if it's some younger kids, you know, maybe replay this and listen in just a little bit closer or, or pay a little more attention to some of the points that Kenny made. I mean, this man's built a, a, a widely successful business in, in his foundation, he claims, as the industry that we're all in. And I, I would say this, I say this all the time at the barn at home, um, all these things cost too much. I, I mean, they all do. Because you want to break the thing down at its basic level, they're only worth X amount of pound. The value in these cattle is the educational piece that comes with them. So it is, in my opinion, the absolute cheapest tuition that you're ever going to pay for your child to learn those skills and those life lessons that Kenny mentioned. And, you know, if, if your, your son or daughter has the fortitude to go ahead and grab a hold of some of those values and some of the things that, that they're learning, like, the responsibility and work ethic you know the the world right now uh is a place for a person that wants to go grab it and is willing to invest in their education so yeah we might say they're high or they're too high or or whatever and, and that may be true as far as the animal's concerned but that animal's not what you're buying that animal's just a vehicle uh to educate your kid and maybe give your kid an opportunity to tell a story like kenny's Guys, I can. I think I can add to that, and I I think that's great, uh, Brad. You know, we're investing in our kids, and I, and and I, I said that at, over at the Cattlemen's Congress. Uh, I think it might have been this year. You know, the 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 day I don't care who wins, it makes me no difference. The day that a kid can't show up with a $750 trailer and a $750 calf and win is the day I don't want to participate anymore because then things have changed. But that's not the way it is. It's still that way. You want to know why? Because you, you, you got to get off and you got to work. You got you to try. And that's what it's all about. And that's what makes us great. And I tell you, I've been, I've been a lot of places and I've been to China a lot. And those people over there, I'm not saying I agree with everything or whatever. But they start teaching them English in first grade, and we got to keep teaching our kids to be to to, to to pay attention to everything, and to work hard and study. Whether it's agriculture or whatever they do, they've got to do that because other people are doing the same thing. And why is everybody fighting to get here? Because of our culture, and that's what it's all about. And I don't, I wouldn't have grown up any other way, any other way. I, mean, I was raised on a, a dairy farm in South Texas, and if it wasn't for that. I remember milking cows at 2 o'clock in the morning, guys. Yeah, relating that yep. to this year, uh, just a couple of stories. The Grand Champion Steer at Denver, exhibited by the Sarah Fanny Backer family. I mean, they're just blue-collar, and uh, they were able to win the National Western Stock Show, bring home yes, several hundred thousand in prize money. 
And, I mean, I don't know the economics of the calf other than they're uh, just blue-collar like the rest of us. I, I doubt it was the highest-priced steer in the world, but uh, a phenomenal champion and more of the same at Fort Worth this year. I'm sure that calf cost a fair price, but uh, those were it was sold by a young up-and-comer from Iowa, Zach Eagle, that now lives in Texas. Congrats to that family on winning grand champion steer at Fort Worth. Uh, those underdog stories, even if, I mean, no matter what they cost, those people aren't uh, the New York Yankees of the business. Uh, that's just, you know, it keeps everybody uh, excited for the shows whenever uh, the underdogs still have that opportunity, like you were saying. So, Matt, that's why we do what we do, and that's why we'll always do what we do, and that's what makes this country great, this business and this country great. 